welcome to Bruins Tape to Tape with Marie and Caroline. I'm Caroline, and I'm joined with my fantastic co-host, Maria. Say hello to the people, Maria. Hello, everyone. I hope everyone's getting uh, revved up. We're inching ever so close to the start of the 2023-2024 hockey season. I am so excited. I am so ready for hockey. It's it's like a tease right now. It's like that week before Christmas, and you know, it's the the carols in the air, the snow that's coming down, that special feeling. You know, we've got a little bit of a taste of that with some preseason games that are getting more and more closer to the level that we're familiar with, a higher percentage of our regulars starting to make their appearance and get ready and warmed up. Um, my daughter's hockey season started on Sunday, so I'm already at the rink right now four times a week. <laughs> so we're just mi- missing that very last thing, which is which is puck drop in uh, about a week, right? Ten days? Week? Less than that? October 11th. October 11th. Um, Chicago Blackhawks. So, uh yeah, so we've got so much to talk about. Um, we're about to dive into some even more regular recordings of the podcast, um, but we wanted to kind of have a, a check-in on where things are with preseason. If if you've been in the know and, and keeping track of these things, they've already started to send guys either back down to Providence or they've been placed on waivers or have been told, Thanks. It's been fun. Um, So, you know, we've seen DiPietro and Kaiser um, sent on their way, Regula, Renoff, Richards, Walsh, and Wotherspoon um, are not going to be moving forward, at least at this time. Um, But we still have a lot of interesting talent, um, some young guys who are throwing everything they've got to try and make it to this team. And then, you know, our new older guys who are trying to find their vibe with our returning players. So Maria, tell me what have you thought about some of our new guys, um, especially the ones that have been the busiest in Quatra and, and Bussy in particular. So Quatra um, has been very, very, um, very impressive as far as I'm concerned. Um, he just seems to um, see the ice very well not afraid to handle the puck, not afraid to shoot, seems to display some some good playmaking skills. And I think he is making Don Sweeney's upcoming decisions very, very difficult because you know when you look at some of the other um, players who are trying to earn a spot on the team, you know, in terms of like of, of, of standing out and showcasing yourself, I think uh, Patras has done the best job out out of all of them, to be perfectly honest with you. You know, I, I, I've i been a little bit kind of perplexed by um, A.J. Greer's mm. play thus mm-hmm. far. Um, I've been a little bit perplexed and not totally enamored with Danton Heinen's mm. play thus far. And and again, I'm, I'm in the interest of full disclosure. I wasn't a Danton Heinen fan during his first go round with the Bruins, I think I just expected more out of him, you know, given what we were told he could potentially be for us. 
as a player. So, um, you know, those, those guys are not, in my view, doing themselves a lot of, of favors um, in terms of, again, helping themselves to stand out mm-hmm. when they are, you know, there seem to be not a lot of, you know, open roster spots. And if you want to make your case, then, you know, I think you better showcase yourself mm-hmm. when you've been given the opportunity to do so. And I think, again, Patras has done um, the best job. And, you know, I've watched um, Lysel and mm-hmm. he's not, I don't want to say he hasn't impressed me, but he's not one of the standouts. And I did expect him to be a little bit of a standout. Maybe that's too much of an expectation. Yeah. Because he's still a young player. And, you know, he he looked a little bit like deer in the headlights during the game last night against the Flyers. You know, he took um, not a very good high-sticking penalty. But I will give the kid credit for this, that he did have some push to his game after mm-hmm. that penalty. Yes. So I will give him credit for that, but I'm I'm not sure he's ready um for the big the big league at at this point. I think he still has some developing to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's one of those situations where I think you know, I really really hope that it's not what we saw in the past with some of our other players who people talked about and you know, for whatever reason, the chance wasn't there, the opportunity wasn't there, um, and it just kind of falls flat. And I really hope that that's not the case with him. Um, you know, he's one of our guys who is coming up through the system, who came up during COVID. You know, which you you see the impacts of that literally everywhere in society, whether it's in grade school and you know, and in uh, pro sports and the development. And so you really hope that maybe. Maybe he just isn't ready. And then next year, you know, we're going to be seeing him on that fourth line. Or maybe it was just there was all this hype because there was nothing else to talk about. And there might not actually be anything there. So I hope that either way, you know, he's not dragged along and can't get the development that he needs. But, yeah, that's that's been uh, a little disappointing. But there's also a ton of talent. Yeah, he's still he's still young. Mm-hmm. Um, the other the other player that I thought was impressive in the game versus the Flyers last night was um, Ian Mitchell. Mm-hmm. I, this this kid, he just he's not afraid to shoot. He's not afraid to make a play on the puck. Mm-hmm. He's not afraid to skate the puck, you know, into the offensive zone. So I've been you know, pleasantly surprised, um, by, by his, his, his game on the ice. So mm-hmm. who knows where that will go for him. Um, yep. but again, for, in terms of, you know, looking, looking forward, um, I think that this kid has a, he's got potential. Mm-hmm. potential. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm just checking right now. I don't know how old this news is. Uh, as we speak, I think I'm seeing, uh, the roster for tonight's lineup. Um, well, I don't see him. I do see Poitras on the list again. So, you know, he's one that I'm very, very excited about. 
Um, I, you know, and I don't necessarily, I don't know all the ins and outs uh, when it comes to junior players and how they break their way into the NHL. Um, you know, it's not as simple as with uh, our AHL players where, you know, they can come to camp and then they can say, all right, we'll go down to Providence and we've got you in our back pocket. If somebody gets injured, you know, we need a taxi squad, all that kind of stuff. But I know it's a lot more complicated. Um, there are a lot more rules. He can't be sent down and then called back up. Um, so I think this to me, seeing him on tonight's roster and quite frankly if i if we were to see him on the remaining game rosters to me that would really be indicating that the bruins are really really giving this kid a good look because if they want to be able to have him and use him i mean i'm sure he's hoping that he's getting a spot on that third or fourth line but um you know even if they want to try and bring him into the system somehow you know, they're going to have to commit games uh, in order to make that happen. And this to me tells me that they're giving him a real good look, um, which is very exciting. You know, um, it's exciting for the kid, too. He's earned yep. that opportunity mm-hmm. on the way he's played. And, you know, this this whole this whole process for him gives me a popsicle headache. So <laughs> I'm trying to do a little bit of research on it last night yep he needs to he needs to play a certain number of games yep Mm -hmm. but then he can't be sent back right so i just um you know i don't know how don sweeney's going to potentially weigh the risk Mm -hmm. reward uh, on Mm -hmm. that because they they can ill afford they can ill afford to stagnate their roster for lack of a better word right simply because they have limited resources to begin with. They are so up against it um, mm-hmm. with the cap. And so he Don Sweeney is going to need to make some rather soul-searching decisions yeah. um, in constructing the roster for opening day. So um, but you know the the kid has he's worked his ass off. Yes, he has. He's take he's made he's made every minute of his ice time count and so mm-hmm. for that i give him a ton of credit yep yeah he's showing a lot of hunger and uh you know it speaks volumes when our captain even says his style of play the way he is really reminds him of mitch marner which is huge um and then i'm and i've seen as well uh bruins network on twitter has shared that since 2005-2006, only four players in the OHL have recorded 79 assists or more in their U19 season. And those four players, I mean, number four being Poitras, uh, Marco Rossi, Mitch Marner, and Dylan Strom. So he's in good company. He's in very good company. I love that he's young. I've been ready. I've been kind of trying to get my mindset in the right place of when this era is finally done and over with, with the retirement of Brad Marchand, that I want to see the Bruins investing in this young talent. And I'm, I'm comfortable with spending, you know, a year or two, 
1993 in that rebuilding phase where you got your young guys and they're learning the ropes and they got future leadership is, you know, that's in excellent hands. Um, but I just, I want to see these young guys and, you know, another young guy, Bussy, we, we are lousy with goaltenders and we got them coming out of our ears in the Bruins organization. So I don't know what the heck is going to happen there. I, I wouldn't be surprised if in a few months we have, uh, an episode where we have our, our little hockey tea drama conversation about what, how the Bruins are going to be handling their excess of goaltenders. But you know, he's another one. I'm like, I'm not worried about goaltending for the foreseeable future for this organization. It's not a bad problem to have because um, as you delve into the season Mm -hmm. and you look at where you are in the standings and what the needs of other teams are, let's not forget that, you know, at one point during the season, they're they're in the off season, the rumor mill was percolating Mm -hmm. that, Don Sweeney was trying to gauge interest in a trade for Lee mm-hmm. Olmark. Mm-hmm. So when you have, um, you know, when you have that asset and you have some depth at that position and you might be looking at a team who, okay, do you need, you know, a, a goalie could get you over the hump mm-hmm. and you, you have the ability to perhaps trade one of these assets in order to solidify your position, either where you are currently in the standings or in the future, it's not a bad problem to Mm -hmm. have. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's such a valuable trading chip. Um, My dad, as I was growing up, he says it still to this day, goaltending is what wins you cups. And we may have a ton of great goaltenders, and that's good for us in that sense, but also come, you know, trade deadline when people are shopping for goaltenders that's going to have a high value as well so regardless of what the outcome is and by no means am i suggesting that we need to be trading away all of our most valuable assets but we have three we literally only need one <laughs> so it's something that you know as bruins fans and and thinking about strategy and all that kind of stuff like it's it's a reality of the game and thinking in that sense so um what about our guys who are maybe probably not really there to fight for a roster spot, but are more so using this time to vibe with their new teammates to really find that chemistry and connection? Like, what? how are you feeling about JVR and Geeky? And I know Shattenkirk's even been a presence. He's He's got some points. So well, any of those guys. Tonight with mm-hmm. Robert, who's making his debut, people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Is playing tonight. <laughs> you know, they 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 look a little a little bit rusty. I will say that their puck movement on the power play, mm-hmm. seeing you know the likes of Zaka and you know Coyle, mm-hmm. Pasta. They've they've looked sharp. Yeah, the power play, but I think I think it's going to take them all a little bit of time. I would imagine, I would expect that it's all going to take them a little bit of time, even though they're all saying in the media that they've had, you know, they've had a while to wrap their heads around the fact that, you know, 
Patrice and uh, David Krejci wouldn't be, you know, likely be members of the team this mm-hmm. coming season. But it stands to reason that it's going to take some a little bit of time to build the chemistry that Brad Marchand and Patrice yeah. Bergeron had yeah. with each other. That yeah. I don't think that happens overnight. You know, no. I'm a professional hockey player. No, I haven't ever played it recreationally, but I would imagine that that's going to take some time. Yeah. Working geeky, uh, you know, again, I haven't seen based on the forwards, you know, and I'm putting a lot of them in the same, in the same basket, nothing that's really stood out and impressed me like, oh, that guy's definitely got to make the roster. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody um, are are potentially shoo-ins or spots right now. Yeah. Because they haven't really made their own cases for that. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's going to be. It's going to be very interesting. I yeah. find it hard to believe, however, that a veteran like JVR will not be yeah. on this roster. Yeah. Well, you know, you consider each of these players who they've brought in, uh, you know, in that off season, they've definitely all been chosen for a particular role, right? So I've talked about this in my uh, on my blog and and. Um, for stats articles that I've written for black and gold hockey, where, you know, you have to remember, and and maybe I think about this all the time now, because I have a six-year-old and I'm trying to tell, like explain this to her that why not every single player on the team is like David Posternak and not every single player is a superstar goal scorer. You, you literally can't, you literally can't, you know, and one of my favorite lines that often pops into my head um, from a hockey movie um, was from Miracle, you know, when they were talking about the fact that you know they had the NHL All-Stars playing against the Russian national team and the All-Stars couldn't even beat the Russian national team. Why? Well, because, you know, everybody has a role to play and everybody has a job. Some people are there to be, you know, the leaders. Some people are there to... Um, to score the goals, to pick the fights, to throw their weight around. Um, I used to call it like you've got your old enforcers. I don't, I don't really know if those are really in existence anymore. Um, and then you just got the good old thumpers, right? Like they are the guys who go out there. They're a body. They don't suck. They don't cost you goals. But you got to have someone out. So like there's literally a job for everybody, right? And it all comes down to trying to find what jobs need filling and you know i think some of these veteran guys are there as transition pieces for these younger guys coming in you know they've all had um like jvr and and shattenkirk like these guys have playoff experience and they've you know they've gone they've played a lot of games and so they they've they've run that mental road before, you know, so they're there to give advice and to guide the young people. And, you know, I'm sure that uh, as much as it pains me to say after years of saying it isn't the case, but Don Sweeney has a plan. And I think he knows what he's doing with these guys. You know, we don't all know everything. Um, But I, I'm excited about geeky. I think he's, Again, a he's a younger guy. Um, he's 25, so younger. Um, and I think he's at that point in his career where 
if we can give if he can get more minutes, if he can get more time on the ice, he can really start to develop his game. He's shown hints of that when he was out in Col- in Carolina. Um, he didn't have as much ice time in Seattle, but you know, Seattle had tremendous talent. Uh, so it was kind of one of those situations where ice time was a hot commodity. Maybe because the Bruins have lost such giants, um, maybe ice time will be a little bit more free flowing down to the, to the lower lines. So it, it's going to be interesting. You know, he's, um, he's, I believe he had an assist or no, he scored the goal and, and uh, Charlie Coyle assisted him as well on a play that, that came out real nice. Exactly. So, you know, he's, he's got a place I'm sure. Um, I'm not saying he's guaranteed a spot on the roster, but I'm sh- I'm sure he has a role on the team and the team is willing to invest in him because they see something in him. Now, you know, you mentioned someone like AJ Greer last season. I felt like he was an on the fence player. Um, you know, does he have a long-term career with the Bruins? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's all going to depend on how much time he gets this season. What kind of production he has? What's he doing? How's he vibing with the other team? But he's like another one of those pieces where it's like, he's not guaranteed a spot. I don't think, you know, Um, I don't think so either. And it's not because he's bad. It's just, does he have a place in the, you know, the recipe that is putting together an NHL team? I don't know. We're going to find out. (laughs) You know, I I do have my notes for, for geeky. Mm hmm. I've read during the off season is that he does he does have a high threshold mm-hmm. as as a player and so you know I just would like I I was expecting maybe to see a little bit more of that the, the yeah. power play goal was was a thing of beauty and the setup yep. from Charlie Coyle um, was was a sweet 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 pass sweet feed but yeah you know I just we're not going to be in any kind of a position in any way, shape, or form during this coming season to have any passengers. It, no, yeah. It's just there really isn't there isn't any flexibility in my view mm-hmm. um, for that this coming season. Yeah. Every, every guy that makes this roster is going to have to play like he could potentially lose his roster spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Game in and game out. Well, and I think, you know, again, thinking about the captain and what kind of captaincy he's going to have, especially with these people who are new, not just young guys, but the new guys to the team. I think he's really going to set the bar when it comes to not leaving a single thing out on the on on the ice. You know, he's going to be the one who works the hardest, works the longest, puts in the most effort and energy and use that as motivation for a lot of these younger guys because you know again i, I will talk about brad marsha until the cows come home um I, i've got his jersey here in my office right now because i'm waiting this evening i'm gonna be uh gluing that c onto my jersey so i'm very excited like i <laughs> can't wait so you know like he's a he's the almost like a cinderella story captain right came in he's not the right size you know he got a bad attitude chip on his shoulder you know has the talent and realized he has to work at it 
to be the best and not just work at, you know, his like actual skills, like his skating and his shooting and his passing and all those kind of technical skills. But he has to, had to, and probably continues to have to work absurdly hard at controlling his temper. (laughs) And that's a form of working hard too and showing like, look, I worked so hard at this thing that was the hardest thing for me. And look at where I am now. And so, you know, I think he's going to set the tone for young guys like Geeky, like some of the um, the new guys uh, on the team, guys who want to make the team. Um, I think I'm very optimistic with where we are, where we're going. And like someone like Geeky, you know, he's he's another kind of covid uh, pandemic casualty, so to speak, in the sense of his career in that, you know, he had two games under his belt. Uh, in the 1920 season and then started a season in 2020 and 2021. So like he started his career literally in the bubble. I'm pretty sure those two games happened when they were in the bubble (laughs) or right before it. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see where those where guys like him end up and and what's going to happen there. But uh, well, we have proof of, you know, how that can impact um yeah. you know, a player or a person because, yep. you know, Jake DeBrusque went through yeah. you know, a, si- a similar situation. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, per- perfectly understandable. And, you know, maybe this will be, you know, the, the quote unquote fresh start yep. that, that Kiki needs to mm-hmm. meet the, the, the player threshold that everyone has projected him to yeah. potentially have. Yeah. So we've got just a couple more games left. Uh, Can we just talk about quickly our our oh. our, our 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 goalies? Oh yes, of course. Swayman, Swayman was fantastic. Yeah. Last night against the Flyers. Yeah. The second goal might have been a little bit a little bit leaky, but mm-hmm. um, other than that, he he kept them in in that yeah. game because the Bruins didn't have. Very many opportunities to shoot the puck. Yeah. The game. And, you know, Pat, I, I understand sometimes it's difficult to get into a rhythm when mm-hmm. you're coming in and out of the penalty box <laughs> one too many times. But uh, Swiffin looked awesome. Only yeah. this game against the Flyers. He he was very good in that game. He was. Again, there's a shootout, but don't get me started on the shootout. We'll have a whole episode, I'm sure, someday. Someday. <laughs> Here's what I found interesting, though, about Olmark's game versus the Flyers. Mm. Two of the goals that the Flyers scored Mm -hmm. were on his glove side. Mm. I thought that was like, hmm, maybe that's something we need to watch out for. Mm -hmm. Because clearly they saw something, which is why they shot on that side, and two goals went in on that side. So, um, But other than that, those two guys seem to be in good form mm-hmm. for the upcoming season. Yeah. Yeah. I and I was thrilled. To be in good form because I I have a funny feeling that they might see a little bit of rubber this season. Yep. Well, they definitely have a target on their back. I think the whole team does coming off of the season that they had and you know, with the Jennings trophy for both of them and Vezina for Ali you know, I think coach of the year, 
there's, there's, they got a lot to lose, <laughs> reputationally at least. Um, and I'm also intrigued by what I was seeing with the Flyers. As a side note, you know, I don't typically keep track too deeply with other teams, but I keep, you know, an eye on Eastern teams and, and rivalry teams to some extent. And the fact that Philadelphia has been going through a total rehaul, like, they are not doing a gentle rebuild whatsoever. When you bring Tortorella in, strap in, it's going to be a bumpy ride. And I mean, yeah, it was two preseason games, but I wonder if uh, Philadelphia is going to start to see some of the fruit of their labor. Or maybe not. Maybe it was just <laughs> two highly entertaining games. Let's not forget, they brought in um, Pierre Maguire. Yeah. He's their general manager, right? So they, 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 are clearly in rebuild mode. Yeah. But it yeah. seems like they've been in rebuild mode since, oh, I don't know, 2010. Yeah. <laughs> Just, um, They're tired of being yeah. terrible. <laughs> but that's for the Flyers fans to hash out. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to have our own things to worry about this season. We're going to take on another team's burdens. Exactly, exactly. So we have the Capitals, uh, and then we've got the Rangers, and then it's go time. Um, so, you know, one of the things that I often find myself having to to do with some of our more passionate uh, fellow fans um, that we connect with. Just to remember, everybody, this is the preseason. This is not necessarily representative of the upcoming season. I would like to point to Exhibit A, which was last season, in which preseason was meh. And then out of the gate, there was a completely different team. Um, so we just need to... Relax. It's only October. We can start to be worried about things in February. <laughs> or even, again, you know, the threshold used to always be U.S. Thanksgiving. If, if, if your team wasn't in playoff contention hmm. by U.S. Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. then, then you start to worry. I think that, I think that goalpost has moved a little bit during the course of the last few seasons, but we shouldn't be surprised yeah. if this team is a little bit slow to get yeah. out of the gate. And we don't need to be finishing in first place. No. We need to be in eighth place. <laughs> Just get in. Just get in. Yep. Just get in. Yeah. That's yep. all I'm going to say. That's going to be my mantra all yeah. season long. Just yeah. get in. Play your game. We're in good hands. We're in good hands. It's it's not like we are facing uh, the late 80s or the entirety of the 1990s here. <laughs> it's, we're fine. We're fine. It's fine. It's fine. I do um, have concerns about that I, I have noticed during the preseason games is they do have a tendency – Regardless of you know what lineup is out on the ice, mm -hmm. they seem to be a little slow to start these preseason games, and that's just not a habit that I hope mm. carries into regular season games. Yeah, because to me, the hardest thing you can do is 
constantly try, constantly playing from behind. Yeah. It takes all that much more energy, mm -hmm. all that much more effort. So, yeah. you know, I, I want to see this team get past that bad habit because yeah. I did, I, it, you know, it, it's been a habit in the past and I don't want to see it repeated. Oh yeah. Coming season. Yeah. It's, uh, it's emotionally and physically more difficult for everybody, us and the players. <laughs> um, so let's, let's wrap things up with, I guess I, we got to come up with a good name now because I feel like we've done this two weeks in a row. So maybe this is what, this is what we're just going to be doing. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about the drama that's going on in the NHL, a little bit of the tea, the iced tea, if you will. That's a terrible name. We're not going to use that, but, uh, <laughs> are actually listening to our pod yes would be happy to take um a, a catchy name for this segment yes but uh mark stone hayden hodgson what the hell was that <laughs> i you know listen i i understand mark stone being frustrated no mm -hmm. veteran wants to get clocked by, you know, a player who's trying to earn a roster spot. Was the kid a little from behind? Yeah, but do you need to come up swinging like that during a mm. season game? Um, and, you know, then to, like, take it even further, you say what you say about this player and saying, yeah, well, he's not much of a player. Mm -hmm. just, to me, it's it's a little bit kind of, a douchey response as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things where he was probably embarrassed. It it rightly so. I mean, you you just won the cup. You've been in the league for a while. You're you have a reputation. This kid wants to make the team and he's hungry and he's gonna do what it takes. And if that means, you know, going after Mark Stone, uh to, to get people talking about him. I mean, we're talking about him. The point has been made, right? Uh, it, it's been handled with maybe a little bit more professionalism or grace or whatever on the part of Mark Stone. Sure. But, you know, he was caught right after the game. He was probably pissed at himself, uh, embarrassed, the guy, you know, defensive. The player. Yeah. But uh it sure it sure made for some ooh moments <laughs> when I'm opening up the news uh in in my athletics app. Um and of course, you know, our favorite little ball of hate again uh had his own opinions on that. And it's always kind of funny to hear around the league what some of the other uh older guys, ref veterans, um what their interpretation of events like that uh, are, you know, because Mark Stone was that guy 20 years ago, right? Like trying to make the team, trying to make an impact, getting his foot in the door, you know? So it's just a very interesting uh, how the tables have turned situation. Um, and then officiating, my God, it, it's so listen. <laughs> It, it, That's not a good sign. 
the game that the Bruins played at home against the Flyers, if if the penalties that were called, the the penalty shot, the um, Pasta had a stick tap called for a mm-hmm. penalty, and then there was one called against the Flyers. If that's the threshold, if that's the threshold that officials are going to be using this season to call penalties, Jesus Christ, it's going to be a long (laughs) season. Teams are going to be on the penalty kill virtually nonstop. And, you know, I I know that there's been a lot of transition at the NHL officiating level. There have been a lot of seasoned officials, veteran officials who have retired, Mm -hmm. right? And so these, you know, newer, newer generation of officials um, are, are trying to get on board. But my God, that that penalty shot. <laughs> I was like, he, he literally didn't like if he had his arm around him, if he'd grabbed his stick. I'm like, but he was. Com- yeah, he was completing a check. A check in the game of hockey isn't even necessarily, you know, physically hitting a guy or a woman like hitting the player it's a check literally it's like if you think about in the game of chess it is making a move to stop the other player so being kind of behind him to try and get him to distract him or whatever like he was doing his job of trying to get the puck the guy had the puck so it's not even like interference or obstruction i don't understand it they're creating so much confusion for these players similar to what the NFL had occurring many years ago. Mm. Is this a catch? Is it not a catch? Is yeah. this a check? Is this not a check? Yes. These players don't know from night to night, mm-hmm. sometimes from period to period, I know. what the penalty call <sighs> threshold is going to be. And to me, yep. that does such a disservice yep. to the players, mm-hmm. to the league, and mm-hmm. to the game of hockey. Like, yep. come on. Get your get your crap together, okay? <laughs> if you don't know what the call should be, look yeah. at the jumbotron. If you screwed it up, <laughs> then wave the call off. Yeah. Well, let's hope that uh, they are also using preseason to work out the kinks, and it's not something that we're going to have to be worried about. But it's about game time, uh, so. Why don't we call it a night? Uh, We're going to be back in about a week because I'm going to be sharing my century list starting lineup team. As I mentioned um, in a previous pod, a challenge that I I did with my dad and that the the writers are doing um, based on that century list. Um, Maria, I hope you come with maybe a starting lineup to the conversation as well. So we can kind of do our own little centennial kickoff celebration as we get ready for the Bruins season. I will gladly do that. I will gladly <laughs> do that. And we will try to also make this a weekly, weekly recording once the season gets started in in earnest um mm-hmm. appreciate anyone and everyone who has taken the time to listen to our rantings and to, <laughs> who will continue to listen to our rantings and uh can't wait to see what, yeah. what the 2023-2024 Bruins 
have in store for us. Yes, absolutely. Make sure you subscribe either through Substack or through uh, the Google Pods um, so you don't miss an episode because it might not be at the same day every week. So make sure you subscribe so you get us into your feed. And with that, go bees. Go bees.